everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live on a couple of places on the internet. We're live over at Crowdcast. We're live on YouTube. Hey, maybe you are checking us out later on the audio podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. That is all good. But folks, we have a packed show tonight. We have oh, yeah. two, not one, but two guests from over in the UK, and it is a late night for them, so we're going to get through it. But we do have a couple of orders of business. First, the biggest one is once a month, we pay a little bit of tribute let's, to folks on, who support go, us go on already. Patreon.com. Yeah, come on, let's get through the names of the people who are supporting the show as quickly as possible. I have all this hey, stuff should, to, no, I'm just saying, you don't have to, time you know, you space. do this long-winded, I don't have you know, to explain Patreon this Patreon people, people, support us, so we're going to read off the names. Let's do it. You know what I mean? I would argue it takes longer. It takes longer when you do it, Pete. Oh my God! <laughs> so we are going to say thank you to a couple of people that supported us at the five dollar and up level. So let's kick it off right now with Oitis Larson, Aaron C. Hollis, Adam DeRose, Adam Harwitz, Adam Marks, Adriel Moreland, Elena Fontenelle, Amanda Harris, Andrew, Andrew Primo, Andrew Tillman, Beercat PhD. Doctor. Benjamin Brown, Harley W, Carrie Matthews, Chelsea Mack, Chris Leatherman, Christina Jeremillo, Christina Rensfield, and Pete. You really got to pick up the pace. We don't have a lot of time here. Chris Terror Lizzie, Clemens Luer, <laughs> Corbett Darby Doodle, Curtis Lorac. Oh, he's that delayed. D Man Ryan, Dan Snow. Daniel Cabrera. Daniel Fuentes. <laughs> Danny Hack. Debbie Gloom. Dennis Scott. Derek Maynard. Dylan LJ. Eduardo Martinez. Emmett Quish. Aaron Dorian. Jeffrey Risher. Gerard DeVilliers. Isaac Carter. Jake Fry. James Connolly. James Kurtz. Jason Donahue. Jeffrey Whaley. John George. Jonathan Jong. Jonathan McCule. Joshua W. Bronson. Uh, Julian Lobato. Casey Newhaven. Kevin Grimes. Kevin Kleinrock. Kieran Broderick. Cody Thomas. Just Kyle. Luana Thomas. Luca Sink. Mark Zeller. Matt Tice. Matthew C. Hernandez. Megan Thigpen. Michael Tillman. Nelson Kelso Martinez. Nick Grayson. Official CBC chef, Brett Macris. Stray Bullies. I'm not a soul art. Oren Dix. <laughs> Pedro A. Rangel. Pete's, Pete's Pretty Kitty. Oh, you just no messed juice? up your own name. No juice between Pete's Pretty Kitty. My favorite, Provocative Ambulance. Ooh. Rev Mikey. R- Robert Pelotonado. Scott, uh, Sarah Schottmuller. Sarah Schaefer. Scott Carpenter. Scott England. Stanley. Tamelia Rush. Taylor Bryan. Terrible Jason. The Big Flood. The Twelve Banch. Thomas Glenn. Victor Perez. Will Buchanan. W.M. Leach. Zachary Bachman. And Zika's Viral Comics. Wow, that Woo. was a shake-up. We don't usually say those names that we said that time, and so we had to think longer. <laughs> 
Flawless as usual, and thank you again, everybody, for supporting us over at patreon.com slash comic book club. Truly, I know we say this every month, but we truly do appreciate it. We would not be able to keep the show going if it wasn't for the support of listeners and viewers like you, as they say on PBS. One other thing I'll mention very quickly before (laughs) we get over to the interview portion. Most weeks, not every week, but most weeks, Brett Macris, our official CBC chef, either designs or curates a drink for us uh, that he sometimes he creates something based on the guests. Now, last week he was sick and he's not letting himself be okay with this, but he was sick. So he didn't really create a drink, but then he was a little blindsided because it turns out our guests actually created the main character of their comic book based on him. They were friends in college and Brett Mackers did not put two and two together, felt very bad about it. So this week he created a drink. It is called the Mark of Macris. I, I don't oh. want to turn it over. You don't pour really it on your it. keyboard. Yeah, yeah I'm just gonna pour it all over my. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Keyboards do this stuff now. It's fine. It's modern the mark age. of stray. Anyway, got some beautiful foam on top, thanks to some egg white. Yeah, so it's basically a whiskey sour. Got a little egg white in it. A little drizzle of Campari on the top. Really delightful. Mm. We were talking about it in the Patreon Slack, and it's like a like a sour Jolly Rancher in drink form. It's delicious. Highly oh, recommend it. Yes, good stuff. But why don't we stop? playing around. Pete really wants to get to it. We're going to bring in our first guest here. He is the creator of the new book, Gospel, which is coming to Image Comics tomorrow. It's very cool. His name is Will Morris. Will, welcome to the show. Welcome! What's up, Will? Yeah, I Uh, mean, I I wish you'd sent me the ingredients for the the drink, to be honest. I've got some some scotch whiskey just waiting to be um, polluted with egg whites. You You messed up. (laughs) Exactly. we got to start sending people the drinks in advance. Slowly, the show is going to morph and just be about the drinks. No more comic book (laughs) interviews or anything like that. Uh, But I do want to talk about this book because it's great. It's coming out tomorrow. Um, Since it is coming out tomorrow, I don't want to spoil too much of it. But the thing that I thought was really lovely about it is that it's the story about storytelling and how it affects how we do things in real life. And then there's some twists and turns. <laughs> this is sort of like the very typical question we ask at the beginning of here, particularly with something that is coming out soon. But how do you pitch it, given that there are a bunch of surprises throughout the book? Yeah, I mean, I think you, you nailed it, to be honest. Uh, I can just kick back <laughs> and relax because it really is like <laughs> a, a, a fantasy adventure about... Um, the truth, I suppose, behind the stories we tell. And, uh, oh, look at that, pro. It's gorgeous, man. Yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous. Well, I can't take credit for the cover. That's uh, an artist called Ver, who's based here in Scotland. Uh, well, I say here in Scotland. I've since moved to England, sadly. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, stunning cover. And, yeah, so, it, like I say, it's a, it's a story. Well, it's a, it's a um, fantasy adventure set in Tudor, England, that explores the truth behind the stories we tell. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think the line that probably best sums it up is that um, it focuses on a pair of restless heroes who who discover that when opportunity refuses to knock, the devil comes knocking instead. So um, yeah, there's a, a kind of sinister uh, tone to kind of like round that off. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it centers on um, character Mathilde who, who really yearns to be uh celebrated in stories and song you know kind of you know when you see those awed faces around a campfire crackling and folks are kind of sharing sharing stories and she wants to be the center of those stories um 
but she's found that uh, the stuff of legends has proven frustratingly scant in 16th century England. So, so she's turned her hand to uh, slightly underhand means to kind of try and make herself the centre of these stories with the help of, of her friend and storyteller Pitt. And what she doesn't realise is that, that her actions will trigger some pretty catastrophic events that, that threaten the soul of her community. Uh, I want to say something uh, potentially controversial here. So you tell me hit if me, I am me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is fables, but Bible. It's Bibles. And I mean that as a compliment. Fables? Fables? Fables, the, um, the, fables, the Vertigo yeah. series. From yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I, your art is so great. And it, it touches on, it has that sort of like a storybook feel, but also just like great modern uh, comic book. It's really good, and I, I mean that as a as a pure compliment. Yeah, I'd take it that way for sure. Thanks so much. I mean, I, I think I, you know, you bring so many things in when you're making a comic, and and I've been I I was working on it over a couple of years because, um, you know, I, I kind of also have a job teaching alongside kind of making comics, um, so, so yeah, you know, and over that time you come into contact with so many new creators, and you think, oh damn, I want a piece of that in my art. And so suddenly you find yourself sort of splicing in a face or a gesture or something, and and it evolves really organically. But I was reading a lot of um, Otomo uh, and, um, mm. a, yeah, so Akira sort of from cover to cover, and then Ooh, Domu yeah. as well I was reading. And, um, you know, just some of those scenes where you see, I mean, you've got it on screen here, but where where he has like whole cityscapes imploding and, and whatever else. I was like, well, I'll do my best to kind of get a flavor of that in 16th century England. Well, to that note, uh, oh, go okay. ahead, Pete, sorry. Well, no, I was Please. just going to say like along those lines that, you know, there's this kind of thing of like, you know, uh, is embellishing okay? Like, you know, you're a writer, you know, you, you got to kind of embellish stories to make them something that's more interesting. H how do you feel about that? Because I, you know, I feel that like, yeah, let's pump up a story, you know, to get the kind of moral, the lesson, you know, it's about grabbing somebody's attention and yeah, maybe if we change some things, it's okay. As long as, you know, the kind of uh, the theme gets out there or the, the message are, yeah. are, do you feel like, you know, there's, people should be more historically accurate or where do you kind of fall on that? Oh man. Yeah. No, mine's very, my story is very much kind of like the knight's, uh, a knight's tale more than it is like, um, I don't know, Hillary Mantel, you know? So, um, so yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's the nature of stories, right? They get passed on and, you know, every person that tells that story has, you know, some reason for wanting to share it, you know, whether it's just entertaining or whether they think, well, there's a little, nugget here that's going to hopefully convince someone to act a different way so um i think by their nature the way stories get passed on everyone brings a little bit of themselves to them and you know it's like the old chinese whispers especially stories that are kind of passed down through the oral tradition you know where you just kind of you know you kind of might have had traveling bards or whatever everyone's bringing a little bit of themselves to it and and over time stories can mutate and evolve to barely be recognizable and that was that was part of the inspiration, actually, because the story came from just this uh, information board that I found, like in the depths of Devon, um, which was just about this this conflict on a hill between St. Michael and the devil. And so yeah. I was like, well, that's interesting. 
I don't really understand what it was saying for people at the time necessarily. Um, but you know, what if I, what if I took that as a basis and had a little think about how could I make it maybe relevant to folks today and hopefully have some meaning today, just as it would have had meaning back in the day. Cool. Um, so your your story itself really spun up in the same way that the the story in the comic does. Your bore yeah, totally. got bigger and bigger. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, it was just a wee little piglet around my ankles <laughs> at one point, and uh, yeah, and, uh, and before I knew it, it's a drooling beast behemoth. That's. I awesome. mean, you've touched on this a little bit, but given that you're doing both the story and the art, how much? research is involved in terms of not just getting the setting right from the story perspective but also looking right from the art perspective yeah a lot a lot and and actually the you know i mean you'll see in uh, you, you probably read in the the comic i don't i mean i'm not using verilies and whatever else i'm i'm trying to keep the the dialogue kind of contemporary um but still feel like it doesn't feel kind of wildly out of place i suppose um but I did want things to feel truthful. And like, I think it's more important to me that things feel believable and interesting than they do like perfectly historically accurate. And, you know, I've, I've given myself like a, a bit of a break because it's told by, you know, it's a kind of a story within a story kind of when you get into it a little bit. And, um, and so, you know, we've got a slightly unreliable narrator so to that end, I thought, well, I can give myself a break. And if people pick me up on like historical inaccuracies, that's fine because, uh, because I've got it as a told story rather than a document. But yeah, I mean, sorry. Go on. No, no, no. I was going to ask about that aspect and I don't know how much you want to necessarily get into it, but it feels like this sort of thing where the story starts in one place and then it reveals itself to be something else, and then it reveals itself to be a third thing. Mm -hmm. How did it onion out like that? Like, did you start with just initially, like, we're going to tell these epic stories of this heroic girl who is fighting these big monsters. Oh, what if I did this? What if I did mm -hmm. this? Mm -hmm. And if so, how'd you stop yourself from continually going outwards more and more? Yeah, true. That's that's very true. I think it does sort of settle down after a while because there's probably a kind yeah. of couple of hard pivots i guess in that that first issue <laughs> um but yeah i mean i suppose like where the story came from is you know in part this this kind of historical story that i sort of stumbled across or not historical story sorry like a myth that i stumbled across or a legend sorry and also i guess the pressures as anyone living on the internet and anyone that's creating work to kind of project uh, uh, project an image of yourself that might be heightened or that might be, you know, might be the kind of image you want people to, to kind of um, have of you, but might not be precisely who you are. Do you know what I mean? So the way in which any of us present ourselves on social media or, I mean, I'm not saying that, that you folks aren't, um, I would, is... never. <laughs> I would never. No, no. Yeah. This is purely this is... who I am all the no, time. No, exactly. I, I mean... only post the worst pictures of myself on Instagram. Never curated. <laughs> never <laughs> filtered. Never with a ring light. Never Pure trash. Light. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I've done very little production here in my basement to make myself. <laughs> oh, please, please. I say, if you're just going for that rustic. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, practical yeah. dude. 
Yeah, I've, I'm almost uh, in situation in gospel. I'm very much like <laughs> in uh, the deep past, <laughs> just trying yeah. to survive. So, so yeah. So I mean, I, I, w- I really wanted to tell a story about like, you know, having expectations for yourself and how people see you and trying to live up to them and failing, and. And then, you know, kind of, I guess, coming to terms with who you are and trying to be honest with yourself. And that's part of where it, where it, it, it came from. So, you know, with every, with every story within the story, um, it's about people trying to express who they are and, and, and getting there slowly but surely. Uh, one, one question. Um, uh, let's talk about the devil. Uh, what, mm-hmm. uh, what inspired you to have this, uh, the, the goat head? Uh, the haunting the classic, classic Baphomet devil. kind of a, yeah. a devil. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what it is if I can track it Ooh. down. He's right here. here in he's my... right here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just slipped my mask on. <laughs> Give me one moment. Yeah, yes, sure, please. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you guys doing? What's he could pick up. Right. He, he's about guys to read those... something crazy. We could read those well, names again if you guys want until he gets back. No, okay. no. Oh, it is I mean, the good news is I don't live in a creepy basement, so it's cool. <laughs> so this book, um, I, it's in reverse here, but um, this is a treasure trove of devil devil images. I don't know if wow. you have the, the Tashin books um, over in mm. the States. For, so they, for anybody um, listening on the podcast who's not watching, it's Devils from Tashin as the publisher. Yeah, right? absolutely. Okay. By Shield Nere, it looks like they've compiled it. I mean, you can see how well read it is by the fact that there's pages collapsing oh, out. Oh, wow. Oh, you're really, so you're really, really in the devils. devils. Yeah. But this, so, I mean, you may not be able to see, but I think that's, is that Gustave Dure? Oh, yeah, um, I love that. I've seen and that guy just, before. I mean, there's wow. just cover to cover devils in here, but also, um, I studied archaeology at university, and I, I did this I, um, for my kind of uh, dissertation. I got to go up into the rafters of a church and see them uncovering this this doom painting, because in the in 16th century in Tudor England, in under Henry VIII, um, lots of these incredibly vivid, gnarly uh pe- wall paintings in churches were covered over because the restoration was all about destroying this artwork and having a kind of slightly more uh paired back way of ex- you know experiencing their religion so much art got destroyed at that mm, time a- absolutely crazy. yeah and a lot of it was whitewashed and a lot of it was covered in pitch so i got to go up there and see this amazing painting being revealed and and these paintings i mean the most famous version would be say the last judgment in the Sistine Chapel, Michelangelo's mm. painting. But you have like, you know, um, kind of host Jesus and his his crew in the center. And then folks kind of- um, Dance crew. Yeah, exactly. His hype yeah, gang. They, they I think it's really called a hype it. gang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then folks are being kind of um, uh, resurrected and then they're either being kind of welcomed into the pearly gates which the artists don't seem that interested in or kind of like being dragged down to hell by these kind of gleeful devils that are boiling, boiling folks up, you know, joyfully. So I think a lot of that is just imprinted on my brain, just seeing all that and and just wanting to bring that, bring that to life. I love that 16th century person. Who's like, what are you doing this weekend? I'm going to the church rafters and painting some fucked up stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. You guys are going to love it. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, question from Have You Nerd in the comments, which I was also thinking. Yeah. How do they remove one layer of paint without removing it all? That's a very good question. Painstakingly is the right. is the answer. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I mean, there's you know, I think you know, lots of cotton buds. It takes a long time when it's a big uh, big freeze, but um, cotton buds, brushes, whatever else. Uh, I mean, not to blow up the next spot, our next guests are actually the Property Brothers, so they can probably answer that question. Yeah. Oh, good. good. Yeah, those yeah. guys have got a lot of comic knowledge that I want to get into. <laughs> uh, you, this is five issues long, is that correct? Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay. And at this point, is it done? Are you still working on it? Uh, where are you at? Yeah, it's completely done. So it's been done for a little while. Obviously, it was Images, oh, it's Images 30th year this year. Mm -hmm. So um, it was a hell of a schedule. And uh, and so I was kind of sitting on it for a few months. But yeah, it's, uh, it'll be coming out, you know, regular as clockwork. So that's that's a good thing. Nice. That's great. All right. That's great. I'm very excited for people to read this book. It is yeah. awesome. It looks gorgeous like we've been talking about as really well. Great. Will, it has been a pleasure chatting with you. Good luck with the book and uh, get, get some rest. It's late there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. And go to bed, Will. Yeah. I mean, I've been <laughs> enjoying your um, your shows and kind of listening to these these rich radio voices you have. And I was wondering how my plummy English was going to sit alongside them, but... No, but it's, it's been a pleasure. Not. Pleasure anyhow. <laughs> no. Well, thank it's you so much. Definitely way beyond our voices. So you win. You <laughs> yeah. <one. laughs> no, going out on a compliment, Will. I we oh. love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night. Yeah, and to you. All right. Oop, I wow. cut him right off there. Uh, Alex, you maniac. He complimented you, you and you <laughs> horrible American. Great. Uh, what a great book, gosh, so really Yo, Oh my God. Yeah, it's not only beautiful, but it's just so creative and uh, such a well, I mean, we'll get into it on the stack, but yeah, yeah, we'll be talking about it. We'll be reviewing it, uh, spoiler positively on the stack podcast tomorrow, but it's very, very good. Everybody should definitely check it out. Let's bring in our next guest who is also having a late evening here, one of our favorite writers who is bringing back one of his classic books in a new form, Paul Cornell. Everybody, hello, Welcome. Hey. hello. Uh, Paul, so excited to talk about this. This just launched today from Zoop, who uh, frequent listeners of the show will know because we've had a couple of different guests on. This is a new curated crowdfunding platform. And what you got here is the completed Saucer Country, which was one yeah. of our favorite books back in the day. Just to give yeah, a little yeah. bit of the history, not to jump on your line, but it started at Vertigo, ran for a bunch of issues moved over to IDW for a bunch more issues slash a second series. And now for the first time ever, it's completely being released with new material at the end. So this has been a epic journey for you on this series. What's it like finally getting to see it finished? Oh, it's, it's, it's so good. And um, Ryan's Ryan Kelly, who, who's been uh, drawing it throughout. Oh, he's, yeah. he's such a great artist, such good acting. And um, his um, the pages on his uh, last uh, the, the new ending they're looking fantastic. Um, it was just so good to see those characters again. Um, we did uh, I think it was fourteen issues at, at um, Vertigo and another five at uh, ID another six at IDW, and um, basically. When Zoop started up, I thought, well, this really gives me an opportunity. I think I can finish this. And um, 
So we're both doing the one big softcover volume, which has everything, including the new ending. And for those who've been following us throughout, you know, loyal readers, we, we're also offering the new ending separately because I think that's only fair. You know, if you've bought oh, yeah, every right. issue, you know, we're not going to force you to buy a big soft cover if you just want the one issue. Oh. And um, so, uh, yeah, um, it's... My, I, I was, I've been immersed in UFO mythology since I was a kid. And um, this is sort of what if the West Wing had to do the X-Files? And, <laughs> great. It's been a great um, pitch from the jump. <laughs> um, I, I have a question for you, Paul. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, this is a little apropos because tonight is the uh, midterm elections here in the States. Oh, yes, but there's a, yes. There's a line from your um, the original, I think the original summary that says... Um, uh, Arcadia Alvarado is about to toss her hand of the ring as a candidate for president in the most pol volatile political climate ever. This was written in 2012. Is yeah. that, a, is that <laughs> a revisable statement or what, what do you think? I, I gotta, I gotta say, I think, I think we got a lot of things right. I think we, we really <laughs> served that zeitgeist. I mean, um, the, 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 the big guest character who popped up in the last bit of uh, the IDW series was Vladimir Putin. And oh, wow. um, it's um, right at the heart of this is Russian meddling in the American body politic, um, which... You called it. Yeah, apparently so. I, I mean, you know. <laughs> well, and that's what I'm curious about is like, where, where did you draw that? Because I feel like predicting that level of volatility to the spe specific detail like literally this week there was an old a russian oligarch who was like i meddled and i'm gonna meddle again mm. so like i'm curious yeah. what where you drew that well you just know to be clear, what justin's getting at it is is this your fault paul why'd you do I, this I, I was i was going <laughs> to say you know we successfully surfed it so that's the silver lining um <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the, um um, no, I, I, I think that this is part and parcel of the central thesis of the book, which is that the US intelligence community have been using UFO mythology for decades for various different uses. Um, they've been encouraging it um, and they've been weaponizing it. And um, basically, I think that the various psyops coming in our direction are could be equated with that. I think we spent most, of, if I can use the word we, spent most of the um, 1970s and 80s trying to persuade a very credulous uh, Soviet body politic that we had a crash flying saucer. And uh, you got um, footage of Reagan talking to Gorbachev at a summit and saying things like, and I think we may find ourselves uniting against a common enemy and you can sort of see Gorbachev's eyes widening. <laughs> and um, it's, um, I, I think we successfully persuaded the Soviets that wow. there was, we had some alien tech. And now when I see uh, gun camera footage of what they call UAVs these days, um, I just think, what are we trying to persuade the Chinese of? And wow. uh, it's, um, you know, there's, uh, a, a lot going on at the heart of saucer country. It's a, a political thriller that may or may not have aliens in it. And uh, <laughs> actually, no, we, we, I think 
given uh, the second se se series, Source of State, I can say definitively that has got aliens in it. <laughs> um, but um, no, no real spoilers there. Um, so uh, it's about a presidential candidate who gets abducted by aliens, or or so she thinks, and she has to figure out the truth of that. And um, well, uh, not to interrupt, but like you're saying, particularly what worked so well in the first arc that I remember very fondly looking back when I think we reviewed it back in the day on the show because yeah, probably oh, oh yeah, probably did. there's no recording of that, but uh, we definitely did. <laughs> is that like like you're saying it plays with that line of like, is this actually going on, or are you using this as a metaphor? There's a lot of playing with the idea of illegal aliens versus aliens, what is being created, what is being pushed by the government. Uh, but it sounds like for this, at the very least, you are a UFO believer. Is that no, correct? No. Oh, I, no. I wouldn't, okay, I wouldn't, I'm wrong. I wouldn't call myself a skeptic either. Um, I'm probably okay. a, four, a 14. I think it's interesting. I'm entertained by it. I don't okay. think the I don't think the truth or otherwise of it is the most interesting thing about it. And um, I think it's a delightful, colourful mythology um, that's as American as jazz that you export to other countries. And, um, <laughs> it's uh, got so many layers to it. It's got so many fashions. You know, uh, whatever happened to the Greys? You know, where have they gone? Have they gone home? Because yeah. um, yeah, right, we um, have moved past them in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and before them, it was the um, the literal little little green men, the Hopkins Kellyville go goblins, and um, these days it's lizard men. So um, uh, either you know they take turns. There's a schedule, um, <laughs> but um, well, that would be resp very responsible. Yeah. Well, yes. well, wait, this, this is a little bit of ignorance on my part, but is there saucer mythology in the UK or is that a very specifically American thing? Oh, it happens in the rest of the world, but we are very much influenced by um, what the American patterns are. Um, uh, oddly, things like black triangles, um, uh, they were first seen in Belgium and Wales. Mm. Uh, and uh, they're one of the very few instances where another part of the world seems to have got them first. Um, a, a friend of mine, um, a fellow comics creator, as a child, saw a black triangle stop over his housing estate and just stand there in midair in the way that stealth fighters don't. I, I have some... I mean, I trust him as a source, and I have some... Um, some willingness to feel that maybe the USAF can make a craft hover in midair. Um, we see anti-gravity in nature now, in dark matter, in the rest of the universe, uh, dark energy. Why, um, why couldn't an engineer have made that breakthrough, I wonder? But um, this isn't the sort of thing you normally do on your podcast, is it? I, 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 <laughs> I love it, though. This, <laughs> oh, no, this is great. I'm fascinated. Uh, yes. Here, I'll ask you something that we would normally ask, because I am curious about this from a business perspective. Hmm. Going from a book that was published at Vertigo to a publication at IDW, now going to Zoop, what was involved in bringing that all under one umbrella, or was it always own creator-owned? Well, um on the way out of uh, Vertigo, they were kind enough to give me my rights, which oh, they didn't have to. And That's great. 
Absolutely. And Chris Ryle is still on board as our editor emeritus. Oh, and right. uh, he brought everything over from IDW. Um, so really, we've got all the um, resources and we own it lock stock. So um, it was really easy for, uh, legally. Um, and Zoop have been tremendously supportive. Uh, they, they were really, really... Um, they're a thoroughgoingly ethical and nice organization. And That's great, uh, dear. They, uh, that video you were playing is all them. They they just yeah, showed that to me good. and said, what do you think? And I'm like, oh, wow, thank yeah. you. Because I, I, I thought I'd just be doing this on my own. And uh, actually, they put, offer lots of support. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. And for the Zoop thing, I don't know how much you're dealing with this then. Just to mention, I'm looking at it right now. You're uh, just launched it a couple of hours ago at this point as we're taping. And you need, you're asking for $20,000. You're currently at $11,086. It's gone up since I looked at it right when the show started. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to feel good. Yeah. That's going to feel good a little bit. Like there's a certain amount of nerves going up to it. Right. This is my first ever crowdfunder. I mean, I basically might as well put a chart up in my office here um, (laughs) with a vertical axis saying, how much do they love you? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's um incidentally this right here is one of the original um, pieces of saucer country art that we oh, put up as an act, that we put up as a as a as a reward. <laughs> you know, uh, so nice. you'll get that. It's peeking in. <laughs> but um the um it it's yes, it's a thrill ride, and I can only hope this isn't a trap of some kind, and it doesn't sort of exponentially peter <laughs> out until we just don't get there. Um, there's another twenty nine days of, of me fretting. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you won't have to worry for all twenty nine of those yeah. days. Um, if I can ch- track the stats. Well, um, friends of mine who've done crowdfunding tell me it's going really well. So you know, I'm, I'm quite it's great. Relieved. Uh, yeah, uh, we we've talked to a lot of people who are doing crowdfunding stuff. It's doing well. You're going to do good. Uh, what, Paul? Other than this, what else are you working on at this point? Anything else that people should be looking out for? Well, there's yes. loads. I mean, I just did uh, three little wishes this summer from Legendary, my um, fantasy rom com about a uh, wish granting fairy and a contract lawyer. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's what he's one of those one of those fairies who uh, likes to trap humans with the wording of wishes and she's a contract lawyer yeah. and uh, <laughs> on crossover hilarity ensues and um uh steve yo are on that uh, the mm-hmm. zenith artist from 2000 ad um who's oh, wow. re- really really good at character comedy and uh, thank you, Pablo, for saying that. Uh, please do do buy that. That's lovely. Thank you. Pablo says um, I should yes. buy this collection, which is yes. great. Yes, here, I'll drop the a link talk. in the chat over there. And um, uh, I've also got uh, early next year, Witches of World War II from TKO, which is historical fiction about a bunch of real-life uh, magic users in during World War II in Britain, Alistair Crowley oh, and uh, yeah. four other real ones. And uh, oh, we've, we've, awesome. we've, we've got um, one of the societies devoted to one of these people on side. Uh, they've been fact checking, and some of the, we've talked to people who met them. And, oh, that's um, awesome. That's some we, real. We, we don't yeah. settle on whether rock magic is real. Um, it's um, <laughs> they, I take them on a, uh, a historical adventure into Nazi Europe. 
basically. Whoa, that's and, awesome. uh, which some of them, some of them have very blank war times. We don't know. Crowley especially might have got up to stuff. Uh, so that's that's fab. Um, and uh, the artist there is <laughs> Valeria Berzo, who's this fabulous Italian artist who loves 1940s fashions. Oh, and uh, she's great. recently become part of Mike Mike Mignola's, uh gang. Oh yeah, yes, and he's been really kicking out a lot. Mm. And that hype crew, that hype gang is going strong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's a couple of other titles that uh, I'm working on that haven't been announced yet. So lots of creator-owned comics for me right now. Oh, and of course, and, I just finished uh, World Cards at Marvel. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. Mm. Uh, what was it like working on the Nod Game of Thrones George R. R. Martin property? <laughs> we, we, love, we love this thing it's um uh, i've been a, a, a part of the wild cards collective which is this wonderful socialist enterprise that george runs uh george and melinda snodgrass who created it together um it's a pure collective we have shares uh when you oh, invent wow. it when you when you invent a character you get a certain amount and they're used in a story you get a certain amount of shares and every time they're used you get some more shares oh. and at the at the end of at the end of the year the money is divided up Determined purely by number of shares, and um, so wow. it's a it's a lovely thing to be part of. It's it's a real time superhero universe that's been running since the early eighties, and wow. um, the characters have actually aged and changed during that time. And uh, I've written some lots of the stories, and um, uh, I was sort of in that very narrow uh, Venn diagram of wild cards writers who also write comics there's about <laughs> three of us and, um, including chris claremont so i'm quite glad i wasn't up against him but, yeah does um, it make you get competitive with the other creators where you're like oh, i want to go on vacation this month um, maybe i just uh, nudge a little bit play a little game over here well, and, and related is, do you ever do a hostile takeover or anything like that uh, well no that's just it when somebody else uses your character you get shares for that but you've got to approve what they do Make it. They, uh, uh, you know, you've got to, you know, have a look at their dialogue and everything. So, and especially since I write British characters, um, you know, I I need to dialogue, uh, juge a bit. But, <laughs> but, um, no, it, it's it's a it's really um, uh, real really uh, a satisfying thing to be part of. Yeah, Nat, I know. Um, it's. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, uh, it, it is one of these strange financial systems where um, nothing about it benefits the oil companies. Who, who, who would have thought such things is possible? Surely the oil company yeah. created a couple characters. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kevin, I am doing Gallifrey one as always in February. Yes. Well, that was the, before we let you go, I did want to ask about that. And that's a nice tee up from Kevin as a big Doctor Who guy. There's so much stuff going on in the world of Doctor Who. You've got David Tennant coming back. Nakuni Gatwa is taking over as the 15th Doctor. Disney Plus is going to distribute it internationally. And there's lots of back and forth about maybe Disney is going to have some input, maybe not. How do you feel about all the big changes that are happening in the world of Who? It's it's an exciting time. Um, it's... Um there's such a sense of bounce right now um russell's grasp of publicity is is terrific and and the way that he's played this game has been tremendous i mean we had we had something approaching a surprise regeneration there where the the, the mainstream audience did not know who they were going to get 
and um, it, it, Shooty is how you pronounce um, the name. Oh, is it Shooty? Shooty okay. Gatwa, which is delightful. Okay. <laughs> and he, he seems like a, he seems like a, a wonderful individual, and um, I'm. Um, I'm delighted to see how this little burst of David Tennant works out, especially since Russell has indicated in the trailer that shoot is already kind of around. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's fascinating. It, it, Russell's a radical creator. He's going to surprise everyone. It's going to be something new. It's going to be great. Wow. Do you feel like, is that anything that you would want to get back to at some point, uh, writing a couple of episodes, getting involved in some way, or do you feel like you got that bug out of the way? If asked, I would not say no. Um, but at the same time, I've kind of done my bit. I've been writing Doctor Who for more than 25 years. And um, it's um, in every different medium, maybe not sock puppets or grand opera, but I've covered much else. <laughs> and um, the, um, you know, it's it's time I got out of the way and let the uh, new generations in, I always think. Uh, nice. I, it, it, I I told myself a, a few years back I wouldn't do it anymore, and I've kept to that largely because you know I'd, I'd like to put together a, a pile of original stuff, um, and yeah. um, I'm on the way to that. Yeah, the pile seems strong right now. And plus, yeah. we have much more to t- tell us in the future. <laughs> uh, Paul, thank you so much for coming on. Thank yeah. you for the night. We appreciate it. Congratulations on the Zoo Project. Very excited to see it all completed and read the end of the story. Thanks again. Have a great night. Thank you so much for great having me along. Oh, no, it was a pleasure. Time. Thank you. Ooh, I cut him off too. Uh, Man, I'm too itchy trigger Yeah, oh, you're just gonna... boy. I just want them to go to bed and have a good night's sleep. That's the main thing. That I'm... Okay, Dad, chill out. There, yeah, fine. take it easy there. You got. I was worried about bedtime. Doctor Who stuff and your extra regeneration. So, like, you should feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel pretty good. Let's move on to something that makes me feel even better. It's my favorite section because you all make it up. It is your audience Pause questions. Pause in the comments saying you want us to go to bed. <laughs> Not together. <laughs> hey, well, quit tucking in our he's guests. Just, they're, he's they're just fine. worried about the amount of sleep that they're going to get, and it's appropriate exactly. amount. I, it's, so exactly. Tomorrow they wake up and they, you know, they're not like, "Oh, that damn podcast kept me up all night." okay so for audience questions night night paul uh for (laughs) audience questions uh, you guys know how to do this but drop a question in the comments over on youtube or an ask question here on crowdcast meanwhile i'm still drinking the mark of macris is that what we called it mark of macris sure um still working my way through that which is still delicious but what are you guys drinking Pete? Mark of Stray. Mark of Stray. I- I'm Ooh. drinking a little bit of the Thirst Monster Kolsch. Oh, you've been really grinding on those. Yeah, yeah. Man. Oh, um, when your brother finds out um, how many of his Spiegel. beers you're drinking, what do you think he's going to do? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You're drinking a Foster's, right? That's a giant beer you're having there. It is an oil can, but it's not a Foster's. It's my. Uh, it's called the Farm Brewery from Garden of Eve. It's IPA written in marker, and I'll tell you what. it's. That's great. how you know it's good. This is hand handwritten on here. Um, you really I taste the marker, share. right? Uh, it's, it's permanent, and it's leaving a permanent uh, mark on my taste buds, which I love uh, to hear. It's a uh, this is a my I have a farm share at this farm, the Garden of Eve, out on Long Island, and they I joined the beer share, and they give me a giant oil can of beer every couple of weeks. What a deal! Uh, that's wow. awesome. I would yeah. love Let's that. Let's talk of great. shares. 
Why don't we move to some questions here? This one is from Lion Man over on YouTube. How are you guys liking the new season of Stargirl? I think it's a great season so far. P.S. I miss hearing you guys talking about it. Oh, man. So I, I know I feel like we talk about this every week now. Have you guys caught up on any of the episodes yet? Well, I haven't. I'll tell you what. I almost started it, but then I just had a little bit of space in my brain where I was like, maybe we'll go back and and do yeah. it. Yeah, I'm saving it in case we got to go back and do it. Yeah, we might as well be completists about it. Yeah, I will tell you one piece of surprising news that I heard today about the final season, or maybe not that surprising, given everything that's going on at Warner Brothers Discovery and the CW and everything else. According to Breck Bassinger, apparently she knew from May that they were probably going to be canceled. Uh, it just got announced as canceled, I think, last week, something like that. Two, but, maybe two weeks ago, but yeah. Yeah, something like that. But back in May, apparently, she was on her way to a Stargirl event and got an email on the plane being like, hey, there's a chance we might get canceled. We're going to try to shop it around. And so in the background for months, there was all this stuff back and forth about like, yeah, we're going to try to shop around to these streamers. Maybe it's going to be canceled. Maybe not. We don't know. So uh, they've known for a good long while this is going to happen, which is kind of a bummer, but also I guess it gives you a little time to process when that happens. I mean, it's never good. I feel like now is, a, is such a perilous time in television for any project where you're almost almost better to assume you're going to um, have to struggle or figure something out rather than be like, we got this, we're crushing it. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a related question. This is something somebody asked me online the other day about they were saying they don't want to get involved in TV shows because there's such a good chance they're going to be canceled. Will that change? Will shows get picked up for multiple seasons? And my take on it, and I'm curious to hear if you guys feel the same way, is I understand to each his own. Obviously, you don't need to get involved in TV shows if you don't want to. But I'd rather watch something and appreciate it and like it. And if it gets canceled, that sucks. But at least I watch that 6, 8, 10, 22, however many episodes. Yeah. And enjoyed that before it was done. How, how do you guys? A hundred percent. I feel that to such an extreme. Well, as a live producer, too, you can. Um, yep. That definitely gives a little inside info. Not really. Um, I just think. You have to love what you love, and it's just like anything. Like, would you rather not experience it, knowing that it will eventually end? Everything ends up ending, you know, except for Everything? sixty minutes. Yeah, sixty minutes is the only show you can rely on going every uh, every year. So, if you want to just watch that all the time, which I don't recommend, um, there's a show when I was when I was young. One of my favorite shows was the The Adventures of Pete and Pete, show on Nickelodeon. Oh, uh, here we go. And I knew by the time I was watching it, it was over it was like ended and it was just they were just re-airing them and i loved every second of it i rewatched all of them and only like that made it so much more precious to me and i love the fact that i got what i got and i don't even mind that they didn't end it endings are so final and they give you something to be happy and sad about when there isn't an ending it can sort of go on a little bit in your mind which i i don't even mind not having an ending it, it's it's hard because like you know um it's one of the reasons i stopped working in television is the fact that somebody else has control over something that i love or i helped create you know yeah. it's one of those things where like i think it's such bullshit that somebody can be like oh, this thing that you worked your ass off sucks we're not going to put it anywhere because they're 
there is audiences for it. It's just about reaching that. And it's a very frustrating part about being a fan of something of like not having control over something that you believe in or not having, uh, not being able to support it enough to kind of keep it afloat. And I think that that's one of the nice things about Zoop and all these other things that it is crowdfunded. It is fan supported. You know, what's going to live and what's going to die. But yeah, I mean, it's just heartbreaking that, uh, you know, some suit somewhere just makes some shitty decision and we all got to kind of like live with that uh, after this rich world has been created and we want to kind of live in it more. And some assholes like, nope, that's all you get. So, yeah, it's it's super frustrating. Yeah. Uh, why don't we go to some questions here? You got a bunch of piling up on Crowncast. This is uh, from Pablo Di Martinez. Wakanda Forever is coming. There's positive buzz on it. Would you see it or not this weekend? Oh, I'm seeing wow. it. Are you kidding me? Controversial question from the, Pete, the man who's been whispering Wakanda Forever into his microphone <laughs> on every podcast we've done for four months? For yeah, something uh, like that. Ex- yeah. what are you I'm excited to cry st- for like three hours straight. I cannot wait. I just want to. What are you going? Are you going? First showings are Thursday at 3 p.m., I believe, which is, I I guess, technically Friday. Is that when you're going, or are you going Friday? I'm going Friday during the day, but now I'm thinking maybe I should book a Thursday one just to kind of like you know, get see spoiled, it again. Man. You get double booking. You're not going to spoil that. This uh, I'm going to be... spoil it. I can spoil it for you right now if you want, Pete. But this will be... You've seen I'll it? You some st- you no, haven't I haven't seen, seen it, it but. I know you're seeing it in a way that makes me so fucking mad. You're not even paying (laughs) any respect. You're going to a place where you're going to eat and drink, and it's like going to be a background thing. You're going to have like fucking all your kids. I I actually I booked one of those chairs that faces away from the screen because I don't even care. Just like the movies, (laughs) they have have all wrong that people. It's called the don't care seats, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. you pay double for it. It's it's actually more expensive to care. It's very hipster to care. Be be careless about it. This movie, I think, is a little bit unspoilable because this movie is a vibe. This movie is a heartbeat. Like, this movie is beyond spoilers. I think even if you read the script, you would still get value. Uh, Yeah, I'm just worried that I'm going to not – I'm going to just – when I leave the theater, the the pull to go right back in is going to be too much. I'm worried that I'm going to be watching it all weekend and then during the week. Some sort of time loop. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get stuck. I'm You're gonna get stuck in a... He's stuck in Wakanda forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ironically. That says Pete died of starvation. Uh, wait, just real quick. It said Pete died of starvation. Yeah, that's definitely not going to happen. I saw no. the first Black Panther with Pete in 4D. The amount of snacks Pete got oh, for that man. movie. It's a treat. It's a fun treat. You I will treat always yourself. remember I sitting in those vibrating seats. I still remember looking over you and watching the snack just like vibrating on your lap the entire time. Very fun. That's a weird, weird image that not into it. Of, I agree. Yeah. Seeing a movie with Pete is amazing. When he chooses to go to a different theater and sees a different movie by himself. Yeah, because you're going to be on phone the whole time. You're really fun to see a fucking movie with. Yeah, you're going to be putting shoveling snacks in your mouth. Do you think that's less distracting than me looking at my phone every half hour? Well, it's yeah. fucking not. Uh, I'm seeing Wakanda Forever on Saturday night out in L.A. with my guy John Gabris. Very Woo! Gabris. And as Pete teased, I'm going to see it Sunday morning with my kids. Very excited to sob silently next to them and be like, Daddy's not crying. What are you talking about? I mean, that's that's the future. Like, my kids are not at that age yet, but we're slowly, day by day, getting there. Yeah. 
Very exciting. Uh, why don't we go over to YouTube? This is from Frederico Rosa. Hey, not American here. So I usually buy and trades from Marvel and DC. I really like the complete and epics from Marvel, but never found a similar line in DC. Any recommendations? Love the show. Oh, uh, hey, thanks so much, thank Frederico. So yeah, any big collection recommendations from DC? Big collections. I mean, all the crises are definitely collected, though I wouldn't uh, fully recommend them because they are sort of chaotic. Um, maybe the uh, the Green Lantern color spectrum stuff. The first mm -hmm. um, dip into uh, the Sinestro the Core War. All that. What's that? Yeah, the brightest year or whatever that it was. And oh, you got well, all there's the brightest day, there's darkest night, but I'm well, talking yeah. more about I, I will the say... easy this this may be my very narrow perspective, but I do think it's an interesting thing that DC used to get basically all their money from trade sales. And they may still do, yeah. but it was classic things like Dark Knight Returns and Sandman and everything else that were really blowing up their bottom line. But there was a point, particularly when around when we started doing the show, when they kind of didn't even really care about the monthly sales because those weren't bringing enough money. It was when everything was collected in trade. So yeah. it's surprising that they don't have more of those omnibus style volumes, if that's what we're talking about over at DC. Now, though, I feel like it's flipped a little bit. Like, I feel like DC is a little more focused on the monthlies focused on digital comics focusing on pushing yeah. things forward there versus necessarily the trade but again that may just be not regularly going into a comic workshop or bookstore to get the comics so i don't know uh i have a the giant collection of the new 52 which a friend gave me mm -hmm. that i never opened so i don't recommend getting that but uh is that <laughs> that's all the first issues of the new 52 right yeah yeah that would be cool to uh, revisit it would be cool yeah uh, but let me shout out, I mean, uh, Starman Omnibus, all those omnibuses for that are excellent. Love that series um, from the jump. Nat Towson recommends Kingdom Come, which is great. Uh, Derek Mainhart, Sandman, just perennial recommendations for um, large trades. Yeah, I would just say, you know, find a DC character that you like that probably is going to be a collection. This is from uh, Nat Towson. John Bernthal is rumored, rumored to be back in the MCU, aside from another Punisher series. Where would you like to see him show up? Mm, good uh, and Cammy shows all the... yeah. She-Hulk in... season two, he could date Jen just like Daredevil. Yeah. yeah. Be sort of a I don't know if they would vibe. I don't know if they would boy. really vibe. I think it would be yeah. cute. They'd be sitting on well, a he's single. Like, each he's single. He does have bit. some issues, but... I don't know if they would vibe. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it would be cool to see uh, moving forward some cameos and kind of working him in a little bit, you know, just a little bit. You know, you don't want where does money. he fit? I don't think he fits anywhere. The Dude, Punisher, oh, come on, what are you talking standalone about? Standalone or nothing, standalone or nothing. Also, Disney Plus, they don't want to do all he that. He was amazing in the Daredevil crossover stuff, 100%. But so, what the fuck? You could, you could pop him don't in the Daredevil say nothing when that was amazing. Let me just say, they already did him in Daredevil. I feel like to revisit that feels like something that already happened. A. B. Where else does he pop up? Disney Plus doesn't want to do a ton of gun stuff. Um, the Punisher is a little bit compromised in our real world from the symbolic use of his insignia. Yeah, but we're trying to take it back, man. You know what I mean? Uh, 100%. I, I feel like if you really wanted to do Punisher, it would be deep dive into the Garth Ennis stuff where you get into this sort of underlying story of Punisher maybe, but I don't think they want to do that. I don't know. I feel like there's little places, little pockets that he could show up 
you know, uh, that that would work. If you I, I really don't he's know. Unbelievable in the role. It's just I'm not saying you know, he's not. I just don't know where he pops up. What pocket does it make sense? I, mean, I don't know. Maybe to, you know they show the kingpin somewhere. You know what I mean? And then like you know you pick around well, to get. They're going to show the kingpin in Daredevil: Born Again, which is an 18 episode series that they're going to start reportedly filming in New York City starting in February, going all the way through I believe like November or something because it's 18 episodes. So that to me, even though he showed up in Daredevil the first time, that seems like the obvious place to throw the punch. Yeah, and I agree with Kevin over here. He needs to be in The Last Cities in the Riverdale. You know what I mean? Like, just a little yeah, cameo. Yeah, definitely makes sense. He was already yeah. in. The Punisher was already in Riverdale. He had that whole fight with Archie in the bathroom. Remember that? No. Right. Yes. Um, no, for real. This is not a joke. There was the dude with the skull shirt yeah. oh, who oh, was yeah. named Frank who got in a <laughs> drag out yeah, fight yeah, with yeah, Archie yeah. in the bathroom. Was that yeah, season yeah. two they... or three? I think it was season three. That had to be season three because yeah. season three was a fever dream nightmare and it feels like that's appropriate there. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Matt Townsend says, was says, that an intentional? Yeah. Yes. It was. I think it, it was an intentional <laughs> reference. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it was because Roberto Aguirre-Sacasica pointed, he posted something on Instagram after being like, surprise, Archie versus the Punisher. Yeah. This is the closest we could get. So there you go. He knows what he's doing. Uh, Derek Maynard, uh, Punisher vision. Sure. Let's go. <laughs> Sneak not? him in everywhere. I just think adding the adding John Bernthal Punisher to Daredevil, what new ground are they going to break on that story? We they we covered yeah. it. There's yeah. more. There's more to tell. Don't, don't act like it's just because just it Happen once, you can't fucking revisit it, man. Hmm. He can work anywhere. He can be in Fantastic Four. He can kill the Fantastic Four. That would be, cool. that would be nice. This is from The yeah. Big. Here's another perennial question. Hi, guys. So what are the odds of you guys ever returning to a live show? I feel like every time we're asked this, we're like, let's do that soon. And we do beat we... it and then don't do it. Well, I mean, we're coming up on what anniversary of us doing this show? December yeah. was when we started this, if I remember correctly. 16 17 something like that yeah i feel like we've been saying 15 years for a couple of years now so yeah I, yeah I would classic think it would us be saying we're 15 even yeah. uh, even though we're getting older but i mean um re- realistically if we did do something like once a month in the city or something where i can take a train up uh, i would more than uh once a month this guy wow <laughs> going from let's try it once to let's do it every tw- 30 days come on um le- i mean let's let's legit do it let's do yes. let's plan a live show i haven't seen the two of you together since <laughs> in ye- literally years i've seen pete separately yeah, yeah. seen alex separately never together never together Whoa. these two and that one time that i could have seen pete in person he got me very sick with a cold and i couldn't go out to see him and that was his fault yeah, definitely my fault yeah, absolutely. This is from Kevin. What's a recent comic that made you take a deep dive researching things that you hadn't known about before? Hmm. Good question. A comic that had a deep dive? Research. You can do research on stuff? <laughs> I feel like, know? you know, what's a good comic that maybe like sent you down a rabbit hole of something or something that kind of blew your mind a little bit? You know? It's a very good question. 
it's hard to think of one that I've well, had to. I will say I didn't oh, actually do the research. This came out today, so I think we can talk about it. But there's a comic called The New Golden Age that came out from DC, mm-hmm. yeah, which is yeah. definitely like going through the depths of the history of the DC universe. And also even, I think, before it was even DC Comics or stuff like that. So that was pretty interesting in terms of deep dive. I don't know if that counts because it's definitely like the back matter does that stuff. Um, um, but for me, uh, the Department of Truth, like they brought up some stuff where I was like, wait, did that? Was that? And, and I kind of like looked up some stories, but that's about as much of a deep dive as I do. Uh, you know, there's definitely stuff that you read. They're like, wait a second. I want to know more about this. Yeah. I mean, their line of doing some research into comic book uh, sort of history is one thing, but at, like Googling outside of that, I think two, two good examples in the comments, Nat Towson Sandman uh, introduced me to a ton of different pockets of mythology. The, the research I did on the Sandman Orpheus story um, was a lot. Cause I, that issue is fantastic. And I really wanted to read that whole thing. Um, Wonder Woman Historia, another great example of mm. like, a lot of touchstone stuff there that you could go off and Google any yeah. sort of mythology based stuff. Yeah. I agree with Nat though, that like Sandman really got me into Polly pockets, you know, what What's that? <laughs> you guys remember. Uh, oh, from? he says Sandman introduced me to a ton of different pockets of mythology. And Pete read that as Polly pockets. That's right. Polly pockets. Yes. Not hot pockets. Surprising. Uh, we got one last one here. I'm very hesitant to do this, but I'm going to go for it anyway, because here we go. This is from Stray Bullet. I heard a rumor Alex made Justin shave his beard because you have a TikTok account now, and he was the most obvious choice to relate to the kids these days. Oh, I mean, I am the youngest. I'm the baby of this trio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When so. you shaved, you looked like you were 12. Yeah. I carry a yes. youth that I think Alex wants to me to to incorporate into his TikTok presence. But I think the bearing the lead here, Alex, you jump on the TikTok. Uh, yeah, so we have a TikTok account now. What do you mean we? This... What's this we <laughs> shit? It's great. Uh, have you seen the videos? Club. What? The videos, yeah. oh the videos are fantastic. I actually, and I haven't, we haven't talked about it separate from this, but yeah. I appreciate the work, Alex, that you did on that. They're fantastic. Thanks, man. Uh, so just to mention about this, uh, this <laughs> uh, made some quick dance videos and like some counter nachos and other things like that. No, we uh, created some shorts out of uh, the stack podcast and uh, it's aiming, uh, aiming to do some stuff like maybe for the live show, maybe from some other podcasts that we do. They're just like 60 second bits, putting them up on mainly for Instagram reels. We have them on there. Also putting them up as YouTube shorts, which is the same exact thing pretty much. And then also, since we had the TikTok name already there, it's going up on TikTok as well. So that's Comic Book Club Live on TikTok. It's the same content. It's short reviews. It's a way of highlighting some stuff that we're talking about anyway, but in a different format. I will say it's been very fun to play around with it, with the video editing and stuff. If you guys have any feedback, Definitely let me know. I'm not just saying to the audience, I'm saying Justin and Pete. Uh, and oh I'll God, also mention this was a suggestion on YouTube that I'll throw out here to put you on the spot on the podcast. I thought this was a great suggestion from one of our viewers. Justin, they said the YouTube shorts format, which is 60 seconds long, is a perfect opportunity for you to do a quick recap of something. Oh, oh yes. yeah. The old, I, yeah, I used to do those so often. Though. Yeah, you did, uh, like yeah. weekly. 
um, the um, where so we would encounter something, and I would do a speed version of all the nonsense continuity associated <laughs> off with the it. dome. It wasn't like you did research on it; you just knew it. It was impressive. Wow. Great call. Let's do it. Wow. I'm in. All right, there we go, and that is it for your audience questions. <laughs> We are going to move on with our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. This is the part <coughs> where we give back. Oh, Pablo Martinez has got the uh, Pablo D. Martinez. Sorry. He's got yes, his, uh, Pablo already has his hand up, so we're going to pull him into the stream. He is going to compete for either a $25 gift card for Midtown Comics or... Compete against Pete. Oh, long so John you're Silvers. still doing the Long John Silver thing, huh? Oh, I always mean, doing it. Always. That's we've always, Pete, John? just so you know, we've always been doing that. Oh, That's wait. a core CBC belief. Is it? LJS. <laughs> LJS, CBC. I mean, let me forever. say, tartar sauce is my favorite sauce. So, what? Like, um, I can't, I can't knock uh, LJS. Wow. Sauce How are we doing there? Is uh, Pablo, you're making your way in doing this? What do you mean, making his way in? It's not like he has to walk down the hallway. Yeah, he's I like, he's like, like uh, I gotta get ready. I gotta, um, you know. Wow, look, Nat Towson. Wow, I have COVID and let you, and yet you chose Pablo. <laughs> I couldn't raise my hand because I'm so weak. Oh, man. He's got a. Oh, it did not accept Pablo's cam. All right, uh, Pablo, I'm going to remove you, and we'll try you one more time. This is great. Uh, Of all the sauces, Tartar is like, dude, can't wait for Justice Tartar Sauce TikTok. Here's the thing: I'm a pickle guy, and I love mayonnaise. And spoiler, Tartar Sauce is mayonnaise and relish. Boom! You got me. No wonder. You got me on both sides. Mayonnaise is gross, bro. Uh, What mayonnaise all day? I'll eat a no spoon. Way, dude. Well, I'll, eat a spoon. I'll tell you what. If Pablo can come in, he can do it in the comments. Try it again, please. Pablo, you get one more chance, and that's it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Come on, Pablo. Alex has a two strike. Just like a classic baseball situation. Two, two strikes, strike. and you're out. <laughs> you're out. With two more hours. That's it. Yeah. Uh, great. All uh, right. This doesn't seem to be working. Pablo. You're going to do this in the comments. Pete's going to ask the questions. You comment right. there. You're going to get $25. First of all, just <laughs> let us know, do you want the Midtown gift card or the Long John Silver's gift card? Yeah, definitely let us know in the He'll comments. I Think about that, that in the meantime, Pete. Uh, all right, two strikes, then we do it in a more cumbersome way. That is correct. Today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend. Leslie Jordan, RIP. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one. Starting in Feb, Marvel is bringing back blank as well as doing some varying covers of the same blank. Is it A, Natasha Leone, B, Planet of the Apes, or C, I rather was hologram covers, Peak Comics? So, is it A, or is it clearly B? Hmm. Hmm. It says B for the answer. Is that correct, Pete? That is correct. Nice. All right, here we go. Question number two. Vault Comics uh, imprint Hardshell is said to be producing graphic novels written by music icons like blank. Is it A, 
Cone Shell, B, Pete Wentz, or C, Tone Bell? Tone Bell? That's right. How's That's an Tone actual Bell person's name. I know Tone I know Tone Bell is why I bring the, that up. The actual answer is I'm waiting for Pablo. Pablo. You gotta Wait, answer you this question. See, yes, yeah. D. Actually, yeah. Pete Wentz is considered a music icon in this scenario. Here we go. Question number three. DC had a bunch of new characters from the new Golden Age era, like Ladybug and Blank. Is it? Old, uh, what's her name? Uh, Salem, you know, you know, she's that witch girl? Or is it B, Tyler James Williams? Or is it C, Salem the witch girl? <laughs> what? What's happening here? It's, uh... Like a lot of things that Pete says, we've degraded to full nonsense. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, feels like A and C are the same answer, but I would suggest C. C is the correct answer. That wow, Pablo correct. got it wrong. <laughs> uh, I think he meant to say C. He meant C. He yeah, meant yeah. C. He clearly. Wow. I can't believe it. Pablo actually got it right. Congratulations, Pablo. You are getting a gift certificate to maybe Long John Silver's, maybe Midtown Comics. Yeah, we'll never know. Guess we'll have to see what happens. We'll you can buy know. a new webcam at Long John Silver's. It's very good and smells yeah. vaguely of uh, fish and chips. And Pete, what is your secret movie tribute to Leslie Jordan? And of course, we're talking about the 2021 hit United States versus Billie Holiday. She's the GOAT. Wow. Interesting. As we all know, comics are cool and they're coming out all the time. What are you guys looking forward to? Why don't we start with Pete? Pete, what are you looking forward to? Oh, man, uh, I'm really looking. There's a lot of great stuff that I'm looking forward to talking to you guys about. But I'm looking forward to Batman versus Robin number three and do a power bomb number six. Ah, uh, I mean, do a power bomb is oh, dude. I unbelievable. Wait. I it's cannot wait to talk about it. So very good. Um, but I also want to shout out um, Nice House on the Lake 11. Dude, uh, fuck you game. for saying that. Dude, that is too creepy. It's too Dude, creepy. So fuck me? Yeah. Because it's too creepy <laughs> for you? Uh, that definitely seems like a Pete thing. And also, Love Everlasting number four from Tom King um, and mm. Elsa uh, Charretier. I feel like that comic is just unexpected all the time, but really um, draws me in. A uh, couple of things that I'm looking forward to that I'm excited to talk about. Fantastic Four, number one from Marvel. This is a new run from Ryan North, who I love, so I'm curious to check mm. that out. We also got The Knight and the Lady of Play, number one from Jonathan Luna. Always interesting to uh, see projects that come from one of call. the Luna brothers. And the last one that I was really curious to check out from Image Comics, Skull Kickers Super Special, number one. Oh, yeah. Bringing back together the team to do a new Skull Kickers story. We love that back in the day, so very excited to see them back and we'll catch up with our favorite adventurers and folks that is it for this week's show a couple of people we want to thank we want to thank will morris for coming on definitely check out gospel which is out yes. tomorrow from image comics and we will we'll be, be reviewing it, it. I didn't mention this on our stack podcast which comes wednesday at 9 a.m both in the stack feed and in the comic book club feed also paul cornell go pledge zoops saucer country yeah. right zoop. now gotta zoop it up Next week on the show, Sean Jackson is going to be here to talk about Marvel mazes. And also, B. Clay Moore is going to be here to talk about another zoo project, The Dripping Skull. 
So that should be pretty cool. Ooh. You can check out the Doom Room, our Doom Patrol podcast that is coming out every Thursday. We're almost done with season three right now. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support this show and all the shows we do. Apple's Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, comicbookclublive.com for this show and many more. And of course, our main channel, tiktok.com slash at comicbookclublive. Gotta check that out. Pete rocks it. His duets have been nonstop. It's been Pete, you're going to crush it on TikTok. It's will you wait. Get on there, check it out. It's a great place to hang. So Next week, again. Pete's gonna shave. Never, You don't already have one. What are you talking about? Yeah, we have it all, fans. That's on. where we make most of our money. Pete Picks. Pete Feet Picks. Yeah, here we go. I already set that up. You can check that out right there. <laughs> Oldyfans.com slash Pete LePage. That's check it not out. illegal. That's not yeah. illegal. I did not okay that. Your picture's right on the page, Pete. <laughs>